0: Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-twenties. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of 2023, which is Super exciting. We've all kind of had to readjust, I'm sure, to our work schedules and get back into the groove of things after our long break. I know last time we talked, it had just been the new year and it was just day one. So here we are, kind of a week into it. And I feel like getting into the mode again, which is a lot. I did have a couple of updates before we get into kind of our topic though, and one of them kind of coinciding with the new year and just kind of like new mentalities. I feel like during this time, a lot of people talk about goals or resolutions or vision boards and kind of things that they want to focus on for the year and have a very like go, go, go mindset or just kind of like overall strategy of like what I want this year to be and some people might not but I think something that's interesting I actually got an email today about how a certain number of like brands are leaning into the like anti-January in a sense mindset of like it's okay you don't have to be on top of all of your shit right now like it's okay to just kind of um, focus on yourself and feel good and know that you're doing enough instead of having to feel like you need to do more or what you're going to achieve this year. Um, So I just kind of, I really liked that. And I felt like it could resonate with some listeners of just like, it doesn't always have to be new goals that you're setting in Jan. Um, And then a specific example that I saw was this brand. It's a vitamin company, I think, um, called Care Of, where they kind of curate your vitamins to your needs. You like take a quiz or do something like that. Um, And if you're millennial or Gen Z, you've probably seen uh, many influencers talk about this brand. Um, But one of their new campaigns is, again, just kind of like to lean into this idea that you're doing enough as you are. Um, and specifically, they came up with some this anti-planner, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and it has a lot of just like messages that kind of are like the antithesis of a to-do list in a sense. So they actually have something and even going even further that has a to-don't list And it's all the things on your list that eat up your time, zap your energy, or keep you from focusing on your real goals. And so kind of being aware of like, what are the things that are actually limiting me or like not really fueling me instead of focusing on having to have that fuel and achieve all those things. So I just thought that was really interesting and we can definitely link it um, on social, but a lot of the messagings are just like, if you want to have one goal for this month, like what would that be? Instead of just multiple goals for the year or anything, it there's a lot of like word clouds of how are you feeling right now um, and what's your kind of aspirational feeling for the month. They really break it down again into this like kind of anti-planning your January and setting, but
0: I just kind of want to throw that out there and see what you guys thought. Yeah, I think that's super interesting and cool of the company to kind of lean more in that direction because you just are flooded. Like everyone's podcasts, Instagram feeds, influencers talking about vision boards and goal setting. And it's like the trendy thing to do. And I this year especially felt so overwhelmed that like, and I think I do think goal setting is great, but I think there are just different seasons of your life and different timings in your life. Like maybe right after the holidays, Isn't the best time for you to like make all these goals. Maybe it's like your birthday or maybe it's at a random time that aligns with like a big move in your life. But the pressure of feeling it on Jan 1, when I think most people are pretty exhausted and burnt out to have this like aesthetically pleasing vision board that perfectly lays out exactly everything I want for myself. Was overwhelming, and I did feel the pressure, and I did not make a vision board. Did I like you know try? You know, of course, I I'm like type A, so I'm gonna always try to like think of a few things, but nothing was really coming to me as strong as like in past years. So I really appreciate this, and I just want to throw that out that like yeah, if you're one who like you were really motivated by this New Year's and you have all these set of goals to go into next year, amazing. But if you are exhausted by the holidays and this time of your life and you don't feel like you need to create 20 new habits this month, then that should also be completely fine. So I like that. Thanks for
2: sharing, Kath. Yeah, I really like that too. It's um, funny. This last week I was sitting at work and I had um, the planner that I mentioned that Kathy gave us and then I have like a budget planner and I have my work planner and I was looking around and I was like... I have so much I feel like I have to do or I should do to like make this all like match up. And I was ridiculous. Like I had so many notebooks and planners both up digitally and on my desk with pens. And I was like, what's my system? And then I literally was like, I went and took a walk outside and I was like, I'm good. Like I don't need to have a system. Like it's fine. Um, So I do think it's really cool that a company – is, is doing that. And I do like that company. I've definitely been influenced before. But I also, uh, one thing I've done in this past year, I had set my goals and I kind of give it, gave into the, you know, January one, new me, whatever. And then my birthday is in April. So it's just a few months after. And so I kind of let myself go back and like reestablish my goals. And if it was still something I wanted to do, or if I was way too ambitious, like, I've always been wanting to be the person who would read exactly a book a month and do all of these, like, I've been meaning to be this person. And by this, if I get to April, I'm like, you know, it's not going to happen this year. Maybe six is more realistic. I like give myself that permission to change it. And it's not just on my birthday. It can be anytime. and just like keeping up with your goals. But I specifically like, like the couple months after I make the resolution, have a little refresh of it. Um So it's cool to see a company embrace that too. Thanks for sharing, Kath.
1: Yeah. I also like that um, reminder to give yourself permission to readjust and not be so harsh on yourself. If you aren't meeting your goals, you're not on track. Um, To quote the anti-planner, it says it has be the best crossed out and instead feel your best. So I feel like that is a really good reminder. I love that. Yeah. And then another kind of update that I, this is actually, I think, I'm not sure if this was posted today. Um, but I think we had maybe talked about this when it was, um, happening maybe, or at least between us, um, when this was happening. But I know that Bob Saget passed away, I think a year ago today is the anniversary. Um, today, Jan 9. And John Mayer was somebody who was a dear friend of his. Um, and I think, Something and why we talked about it is because I remember right after his passing that John Mayer was really raw in a video that came out um, shortly afterwards. It was like literally on his iPhone and he had gone with his other friend whose name I cannot remember right now to go pick up Bob's car from LAX because that's where he had left it um, before he went on the trip where he did pass. Um, But anyway, so... If you do want to check that out, I thought it was just a very human experience of showing like what grief is like in those real moments right after it happens. Um, But additionally, now that it's been one year, John posted today, John, my friend John, um, posted today and talked about the anniversary. And I just thought there were some um, quotes in here that I think were really impactful. Um, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read some snippets. So he starts off saying, One year ago today, we lost Bob Saget. I loved that guy. I love saying, I loved that guy. Soon after he left us, I couldn't finish those three words without falling apart. But now I say it with all the simplicity and complexity that love itself entails. I knew he was magic while he was here. And then he goes on to kind of describe Bob's light and magic. um, And then comes back to saying, Grief is a journey and it's a profound trip that someone you lose takes. They leave the space around you and slowly climb a staircase to find a space within you. I miss him all the time. And those memories, they're solid objects. And today we'll take them out and hold them and trade them and remember how much Bob Saget meant to us. I loved that guy and I always will. So something I wanted to know was in the beginning when he talks about how it was so hard for him to finish those three words. To me, what I'm taking away is the fact that you're now speaking in that past tense of loved. And I think we've talked about that before of that quick like change that it all of a sudden takes on from one minute to the next is really jarring to to do on your own and to listen to other people talk about. I know like for me, when celebrities pass, it is really hard when there are immediately start talking about everything they did in their life, like, the minute they find out that they died. It Like, as if, I don't know, as like, there's no second to process that this happened. It's like, okay, we're speaking about this person in past tense, everything they did was in their life before. Um, and we're all, it's almost like we're already moving on now, or kind of like, we're moving ahead, in, in a sense. And I know that that's the media's responsibility and to, to kind of report on the summary of that person's life, like right after. Um, But it always has felt a very jarring. And I think maybe because we're a bit more like alert and attentive to kind of those things. So I just thought that that was really real. And I resonated a lot with that. Um, And then in terms of grief being a journey and talking about um, his memories being solid objects, I felt like that was kind of speaking on the fact of like the human isn't here or like, obviously Bob isn't here physically, but we're trying to create a space for him physically. Um, and like making sure that he does exist in our world here today. And so I thought that that was really, um, impressive of how he kind of wrote about that of like, I want to make sure like his presence is still known. Like he said, we're trading his memories and, um, and holding on to them and tre- treasuring them because that's what keeps him alive here and so yeah i just thought that that was a really that i feel like that's kind of playing on the offense with grief for sure and just kind of well written
2: i i was gonna comment on that same the same part of it that really stuck out to me was when he said um this like making them like the memories like solid objects and trading them and I think that that stuck out to me for a couple of different reasons, but I immediately just was like, "Oh, that feels. That just like feels like a, the, the only way to say it." Um, but it almost brings you back to that feeling of like the reason I jo- we joined this, and we do this right is that like grief is a universal feeling, and that we can all feel it, and all know these people, and have all these these different relationships and experiences, and kind of tie it together by like trading them, as he said, like trading like the solid objects. And I think that that is, like you said, Kath, a great way to not only like have them personified as a real person, but a real thing, tangible thing, but also just to to trade them and to share them just reminds you that like we're all everyone's going through it together. And it's kind of like a thing that everybody can touch on, which I feel like is the whole the whole need and purpose of, of the podcast. Yeah, the solid object
0: line definitely stood out. And I love that it takes something that feels like, you know, there's a hole, there's something missing. Like Kathy said, they're not physically here and calling it a solid object feels so much more tangible. But the line that stuck out to me more, I think, is the grief is a journey and it's a profound trip that someone you lose takes as well. They leave the space around you and slowly climb a staircase to find a space within you. The like... Finding a space within you and like how that's a process I think is also so beautifully put and I've never read it explained like that before that they – because they're all around you, especially if it's someone close, right? They're all around you all the time. But overnight, like you said, like processing the grief or the loss and adjusting to them not being there and it's going to lead into what we are talking about today with future milestones and like anticipating future milestones that they won't be there for, but that they slowly become a part of you inside of you and in your decisions and in what you like. And, in, you know, when you think of them and you smile, like I was very impressed for sure by him. Yeah. It kind of reminds
1: me of like when people say they'll always be inside of you though. Um, and I think for a long time I had struggled with that statement when it was being said to me. Cause I was like, yeah, but I don't, but it's not them like in front I, I, or that's such a foreign concept to me. And I don't know if maybe I was a little bit, I was obviously younger. So maybe I didn't have that full understanding of like what that really, really meant. Um, and I think I'm learning along the way and I'm, and I'm still learning today.
0: I think it's about the framing. Cause I agree, Kath, I think the key word is, but like it's not a but situation like, oh, don't be sad. Like they'll they'll always be in you or like, oh, they're not here, but they're always in you. I see it more of like, because that feels like demeaning a little bit. Like uh, it's not the fucking same. No, but the way that John's framing it, that like grief is this complicated process where it takes time to process losing the physical and then slowly just kind of being a part of who you are that makes more sense to me as like its own separate idea versus it being like, oh, stop crying. It'll be okay. Like they'll always be with you in spirit. Like that has like a very condescending, not that that's usually the intention, but that has more a condescending tone and kind of rubs me the wrong way too. But I think this framing is better.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. And I know like there are people who eventually – understand that or and and it never comes from a malicious place but it's just this like it's a foreign concept I think and then once you're living it you finally understand what that means and yeah and again like I said I feel like I'm still I don't know how you guys feel about it but I think I still am like learning it as I go even this far along in my grief journey so Yeah, I think that that was just um, something I kind of wanted to share and talk about. And we can also share it on our social as well. But as Kelsey mentioned, today we were going to talk about life milestones and kind of what feelings get brought up with life milestones um, that either past memories you've shared of life milestones with that person or future ones that you're grieving as well that that person won't be there for. Um, And I'm definitely a little nervous because I feel like there's, I have a lot um, to kind of discuss on this one, but I kind of will start off with the fact that my dad's birthday was yesterday. And um, I think for his birthday... I try to view it in a much more positive way than the other days, um, in terms of like a celebration and, you know, we post it on our social and in case anyone hasn't noticed, we kind of post on the birthdays, on the like happier days to honor our loved ones that have passed. And so I, and that's intentional. And I think I kind of view that in the same mentally, mental space as well of like, I'm viewing it more positively, um, And I usually start off the day by, like, listening to a playlist of kind of his favorite artists and songs and get the mood going. And those are really upbeat and, like, positive songs, too. So it's hard to really stay in, like, a sad place from that. I will say yesterday um, I felt kind of, like just tired and wanting to stay in bed. But I did make an effort to get out of my bed and spend quality time with some of my family. Um, Ironically, my mom's family, but it still was just nice to have that quality time. Um, And I think what I'll say is my advice to anybody on those days is kind of like making sure that you're carving out some sort of um, self-fulfilling or something that's fulfilling you that day. So I know that there can be like other obligations that come up coincidentally, whether it's a wedding, a bachelorette, a birthday that like, yeah, that fall on that day that you have to be there. But I think it is important because I look back and I think about if I didn't honor them in some way, I didn't feel good about it. And so there's that part of me that just kind of, wants to carve out that time. And by honoring them, it doesn't mean like you have to talk to them or you have to like be sad. And for me, what that means is just doing something that's a little bit like giving back to myself that day Um, and things that really lift me up and feel me and don't drain my energy because a lot of those social obligations can sometimes do that. So I just think that like having that moment to yourself I personally feel better about it. Cause then I look back on the day of like, okay, I took care of myself today, knowing that it was going to be kind of a weird day. It's, it's in the back of my mind during this thing. But like, I, I was able to like to take care of myself a little bit, whether that was through spending one-on-one time with somebody or taking a bath and just relaxing or meditating, like kind of that self-care, I guess, aspect of it. Um, but that's kind of like how I've approached it. And I'm curious if you guys have felt the same way or have other or similar approaches.
2: I, I was going to ask you because you, it was just so fresh. It happened just yesterday. Um, do you, when you're with your family, is there, is it something you guys talk about? Does anybody bring it up or is it more like something that you all know, but like it's not they're waiting for you to either bring it up or talk about it or you just kind of like ignore it and let it not ignore it but you know like let it flow.
1: I think every family is different so I'm going to caveat with that and I will say that my family doesn't really talk about it and um that's something I think I've maybe peeked into a little bit but I do feel like a lot of my grief journey is alone in that aspect of like and maybe people with like immigrant families can relate to the non emotional emotion sharing um, from my families. It's just not really something that they do. And so, um, another reason why this whole outlet is important for me as well is like, I'm sure there are listeners out there that can relate to that. But um, some members and like the ones on my mom's side who I was with don't even know that it's his birthday yesterday. And so, it's then like on me if I want to talk about it or bring it up or say like, oh, today's my dad's birthday. And it just was with everything else, like the holidays or any other days where you're kind of the one to have to bring it into the room. It's it's a I, it's a dicey like I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. And yesterday I didn't do it because for me, what I wanted was just quality time that didn't have to talk about that and just have like enjoy my time with my family. So, yeah, I think that's kind of, like, my how my family is. But curious to hear
0: your guys' experience. Well, just from last year, since I've only experienced one birthday, it was something that, like, um, I wasn't with my dad and sister because I was in Palm Desert for stagecoach, um, as I alluded to. And so it was a very special place to her. And I was with some of my really good friends. But I was, it it did feel kind of funny to be so ingrained in like another activity. Like on the one hand, it was distracting and happy. But on the other hand, Kath, I think I'm definitely going to take that advice going forward of just like, like maybe I could have taken a walk by myself or given myself like a little bit of moment to like, really acknowledge. And especially because it was her first birthday after her passing, like all of her friends were texting me and all of our family were texting me. Like it felt like my birthday, like the amount of texts I was getting, which was really sweet. But it was like something I was experiencing over a phone versus anything I was really super connecting with in person. Um, my friend Courtney did bring like a bottle of champagne and like little cocktail napkins that reminded her of my mom. So we did have that but it was more of like a group thing with friends and then a music festival, which is a very like non-intimate, thoughtful setting. Um, And I already know going into this year that I'm going to be in Mexico City for work during my mom's birthday. And I can already anticipate that being similar where it's like a really crazy busy day, not involving my immediate family. And I think now I can just kind of start strategizing, even if it's like, a little workout for myself early in the morning in the hotel gym or something that just like gives me space, I think that'll be important.
2: Um, Thank you for sharing, Kathy, first off. Um, I have a – it depends on kind of when and what year and, you know, of course, how you handle things. I was noticing when you had answered the question, um, Kath, about how sometimes you just wanted to like have some time when you weren't talking about it or weren't thinking about it. I remember my old coworker Grace had told me it was the year of her, or it was her papa's birthday or something along those lines. And I had brought her um, a coffee and because she had talked to me about it. And then when it was my papa's birthday, she was like, she saw it in my planner or something throughout the day and she's like oh my god like she was like not annoyed but she's like you should have told me like I wanted to know but I was in that same headspace Kath, where it's like sometimes I just don't want like if I'm at work I just like don't want to think about it and then like when I get home I'll like have a glass of red wine like he would and like do like my own thing but I've noticed that as the time goes on it gets more and more of me like that like I like to go out and do something where I don't have to talk about or I don't even have to think about it and then I will come home and have a glass of wine or do yoga or whatever it is um but it's also really sweet shannon always remembers and always knows whether i post about it like one day she texted me before i even really i mean i knew but i didn't know like before i even realized what the day was she had already texted me because she was like already ready to be there um on the offense of it so i've had both experiences of it but I think it just kind of depends on where I'm at at that time, but I have some of those similarities to you, Kath, of like separating from when you want it to be known and when you want to just like step away for a little bit.
1: And kind of going off of that, um, this is the first year that it was posted publicly, like on our Instagram, and I have to say, I there's something selfishly gratifying about that because it's like I don't have to be the one to tell people there it's just out there already and I am very very grateful and thankful to all the friends that reached out to me and and while and I, and it, it is a um a change it just It was a different birthday because so many people reached out and haven't in the past because they didn't know when my dad's birthday was and not to fault anybody at all and just is now like a public thing. Um, So I thought that that was just, I don't know, something interesting, but I have to admit that it's selfishly nice to not have to bring it into the conversation with friends and they know. And I think something I also took away was like, I got so many different types of texts of like, of like maybe like a paragraph of a text and then somebody just sending me a heart. And regardless, I just just was like, well, how do I feel? And like, what do I want to talk about? And how much do I want to say? And so I think my responses were pretty limited in response back. And usually I feel guilty about that because I'm a type of person that like wants to give a thoughtful response. But like I took a minute to be selfish and was just like, thank you so much. Like, love you. That's it. And like, don't go into it. Don't have to go into it. Um, and I think that really helped with my mind, um, and just my mental space too. So just a future note for y'all as well.
0: <laughs> no, that's such a great boundary. Cause yeah, you feel like, oh, these people reached out and they were so nice. Like I need to make sure I'm giving them like a long thoughtful response and like showing how much I appreciate, but no, like that's an expectation we make up in our heads. Hypothetically, if you wanted to not respond to anyone, I'm sure all of those friends would have totally understood And it was just nice that you did take the time to respond something, but I love that you like took a step back, called that out and just kept it really simple. And I also do want to call out what you said earlier and agree that like focusing on birthdays, like while there always is a sadness still, it is a happier day than focusing on like the anniversary day of their passing. So I do love that we are intentional about that and celebrating the birthdays of our loved ones and, I do think going forward, just like personally, it's easier to find more joy and celebration and honoring them on their birthday. And like that being the day that like really is an extra level of connection with them because there just is something so much more positive and it's connected to happy memories. And it's a day you would already be celebrating them. So you might as well continue the pattern and just find new ways to celebrate them.
2: On the note of it being the first time that I had, I had the thought, Kathy, that it was the first time it had really been posted about. And I was doing the post for it. And I, even though we talk about it all the time, and Kathy is a very dear friend of mine, I still was like teetering this line of like, I didn't know what to say. And I didn't know how to like bring it up. And a couple weeks ago, I knew it was happening. And I was going to text her and ask her for a photo. But then I was like, what if she has a big day at work? I like I just, I was, Even though we talk about it and like we know each other's like secrets, I still was having this inner anxiety about how to talk to her about it. So I ended up just like stalking her on Instagram and then waiting for her to text me and be like, hey, did you need anything from me? And I'm like, I actually did this graphic here and it's going to go up today at three, but I was just really nervous. And I was like, so funny because even though we've made it such a conversational topic and like we know so much about each other on air and off that like I still was having that extra bit of anxiety <laughs> about it. So if you didn't know what to say to Kathy, I totally understand. And neither did I for a while. So it's all, it's, that's that line of, you know, it's, it's, it was weird for me that I felt that way because we are so close. Um but it was just kind of a funny extra step back. I took like multiple times in the process of doing it. Like it was a project that should have taken five minutes and it ended up taking longer because I was like overthinking it so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that that's such a relatable feeling. And it's like you just said, like even though we are close and we literally talk about this almost every other week, it still feels like a touchy subject. And so I'm sure other people kind of feel the same too. And I think also the post and not to like, I'm not trying to tell like Instagram or anything like that. I just mean, I think the post allows people to feel more comfortable do taking that step. And it's like, like you literally said, like, have a minute, like check in on Kathy or whatever. And I feel like for some, one of my friends to see that they're like, oh, like there's literally a post about it. So I can actually like just send her this or like DM her or text her and they feel more comfortable doing so. So I think that that's something that's honestly kind of a tool that we're probably using to help normalize those conversations Mm -hmm. or just I just
2: wanted to make it to like I want to make sure I put it somewhere that like even though we are so comfortable with it it still gets uncomfortable sometimes so it's a totally normal feeling and it goes (laughs) with waves like everything else but I thought it was a really interesting feeling I had in the process of it definitely
0: no that's a good point and it's just like also for each other, we want to make sure we're here for each other, and we don't want to let anything slip through the cracks. So, like I'd had it written down, and I was like, I had a panic like midday, and we were texting that I was like days late, and I was like, no, it's today, like okay. And then you obviously put it in our planner and everything too. But yeah, just like wanting to show up, and I I now added it to my birthdays app on my phone, so it'll just always Aww, appear.
1: That's so
0: nice because I do think like remembering dates is really an important one. And for like anyone who's like wondering how to support a friend and who's never been through this, I think that's one of the easiest ones you can do is like write down the birthday, write down the anniversary of their passing and just like remember to send them a little note with no expectation of what their response is. Um, Now, of course, those are not the only two days where we think of that person as we've talked about in many forms. So transitioning to our topic of Milestones, and I think especially like interesting to think about future milestones. And I know we have in other episodes like touched on this in various ways, like we touched on in the weddings episode, as being that none of us are married. That was all talking about a future milestone that all of us hopefully want to get to, but there's so many others. And thinking, you know, we all are so young and we have a lot of life, knock on wood, ahead of us, and thinking about all the many ways, but kath starting with you what comes up for you (laughs) this is like such a heavy question
1: um and i've had like anxiety all day talk or thinking about it because i this episode or this topic coincides with kind of a couple of episodes where i've been teasing like hiding something that i wanted to share and have felt nervous about sharing um But I think that, first of all, I'll say if there's anything, I mean, I'm talking to like my co-hosts and also any grievers too, but if there's anything ever in your grief journey or your relationship that you want to keep private, I hope that everyone feels like it's completely comfortable to keep private. I think I'm an oversharer and I'm an open book. And I was thinking about, I was really thinking about this of like, do I want to open this up and talk about this publicly or do I want to keep it private? And I've kept it private for a long time. Also, this is like such a hype up, but like, please lower your expectations at this point. Um, But I'm just saying in general that I think that there are things that you want to keep private. And the only reason I am bringing it up is because there may be somebody out there who maybe has, um, is dealing with somebody who is sick or has been given a, a, a really scary diagnosis. Um, and there may be things like, obviously you can't fully prepare for anything, but maybe this is like something that can help with that. So, um, around, so my dad passed in September of 2006 and I played volleyball in middle school and high school And I um, was playing volleyball in the fall semester. And my cousins were really, uh, one of my cousins specifically, was really supportive, especially that year, obviously, and were coming to all of my volleyball games, especially when like my mom couldn't because she was working or obviously dealing with so many other emotions and things going on that year. Um, And I was an only child. So I just felt like having that support from my cousin meant a lot. And the holidays were coming up. So it was like probably November time. So like a couple months after he passed, right? And she came to one of my volleyball games and presented me with this book. Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, this is like a weird thing or whatever. And she was like, I just wanted you to know that your dad actually like prepared this for you um, while he was sick. And if you have any questions, like, let me know, but you can open it up on your own time. And like, she was very nice about it. it. was like, I helped him throughout the whole process. And I was like, okay. So I didn't even open the book, like, for like a month after that, because I was terrified of what the heck was in here. And it, it looked like a scrapbook. Um, It looks like a blue scrapbook. And I opened it. And I will tell you that the, those t- first two months, and I think we've talked about this before, I was numb as a rock. Like, nothing was happening. I didn't cry at the funeral. I was like, just no one was there. I was like a ghost. This book, like, unleashed the emotion. And basically, it was a recollection of all of his kind of, like, favorite memories that we had together. And so, like, there would be writing prompts of like our favorite vacation, my favorite vacation with you was, and then he would have like written the answer. Um, And whether like, or not it could have been done on video. I will say that my dad um, had throat cancer. And so he couldn't speak for the majority of his illness. So everything had to be written down. Um, And my cousin like had typed up the prompts for him, gotten all the photos together to like have all of these pages and memories that he like, Put together. And so I was like, wow, this is really a lot and special, and like so happy that I have it. And then Christmas time rolled around, and my cousin is like, I have a page for you. I actually have a page for like a lot of the upcoming life milestones in your life, and you'll be receiving them like as they come, type of thing. So Like, I got a page for that first Christmas um, together, and I got a page for the first Easter because that was, like, a very big um, holiday, and, like, since then, I've been getting pages on, like, graduations, when I first, like, started dating, um, when I started high school, like, all of these things of, like, messages he wanted to give me that, obviously, he wouldn't be here for, but, like, thought so far ahead of, and like the thoughtfulness of that is just beyond beyond um and again i'm i feel like i'm sharing this because it's just crazy to think about preparing for all of that and like i can't also imagine the emotions that he was going through like talking about these things or writing them down knowing that he wouldn't be there for them um it's like so complicated in the layers of emotions that I feel about it. I'm obviously very, very grateful. Like, and I feel incredibly lucky lucky and I don't want this to sound like a bragging thing by any means. Um, I know other people obviously don't have that opportunity and, and I do, and I don't take that for granted. I, I will say that, like it's so nice that I have it. Um, and if, it does make me feel more connected and it does allow me to learn a lot more about him. Like one example is like, I, when I started high school, I got the books that he loved in high school and the movies that really had an impact on him or what was just a humorous um, movie. There was something about how he like wanted me um, to travel and I had already like chosen where I was studying abroad and my cousin ended up giving me this page, like, after that decision had been made, but I hadn't left yet. And like France was literally on the page, which was so crazy. Um, and then like another example is my college graduation. Um, there was like, oh man, this one's tough. Um, everything was in Cardinal and Gold's because he had gone to USC and like, he had no idea that I was going to go there. So that one was like, really emotional. Um, and I remember feeling like a lot on that day of feeling like so happy and so sad simultaneously. Um, but yeah, so if you've ever seen the movie um, P.S. I Love You with, I, f- I forget who the main actor is. Hilary Swank. Is, like, Hilary Swank, yeah. It's literally like that. Like he had planned out all of these things of like when he wanted to give it to me and how and what he wanted to say. And like, to be honest, um, I don't know if there are, I don't know how far he got, I will say that. And there's a part of me, and I this is being very open and vulnerable, but there's a part of me like doesn't want to know, like, I feel like I'll be disappointed but I'm super hopeful like I could always ask my cousin she knows how many pages there are and what they are at and I'm living in this like kind of scary like place of like is there one for a wedding is there one for kids I'm hopeful and it would make sense that there is but I'm not exactly sure um and it's almost like I I don't want to know the answer to that question yet um but Yes, that is what comes up with
0: life milestones for me. Damn, Kath. Thank you so much for sharing. That might be the biggest thank you so much for sharing we've ever said, as we all say that all the time. But like that is so beautiful and like you said, unbelievably thoughtful and so like the most personal, private, intimate thing. But I do think it's really powerful that you shared that, like if there is that opportunity for anyone to ever be able to pass that on to people close in their lives. Like that is just so special. How amazing of your cousin to like have worked with him on that and to be the one to like store all of that. And the fact that you, and I'm, I'm gathering, but I want to hear your thoughts that you've liked, that you didn't just you got an end, like a stack of envelopes yourself, where you're staring at closed envelopes and like waiting to open and they're staring back at you versus your cousin, like being the one to divvy them up when she finds like helpful, especially because you lost your dad so young and we like so many key milestones happen between ages like you know, when you're in grade school to college. So that alone, you probably got so many. And then, like you said, like you don't know what's coming. Like you said, there's a good chance that wedding and kids would be thought about, but you never know. You don't want to keep your hopes up. But just like, I think that's so special that you're able to get his thoughts. I have so many questions. I guess the first is like, are you happy that you don't have all of them and it's on your cousin to give them to you? And then secondly, when you read them do you feel like a sense of relief like it's this beautiful like bonus gift or does it make you like want more and it ends up like make you like okay i loved that but like that just opens up 10 million more questions
1: yeah i think the answer to all of your questions is yes to everything <laughs> um so i think like yes i do like that it's at the timely moments and when they come there's a sense of like excitement almost. And then, but also like once it does come and I'm reading it, a sense of sadness as well. Um, And I do see it as a bonus and a gift that I'm able to have all of these thoughts here. Um, Yes, obviously I have so many more questions, but I, I think for the most part, I try to view it as like, at least I have this. And like, this is a lot and great enough and great and just great period. Um, I think there are instances, as with all of our um, grief journeys, where we have specific questions we want to ask. And we're like, we're never going to get the answer to that specific question. And that's where I get like, of course, I'm so appreciative of it. But that that's where it's, um, I feel frustrated sometimes with grief of like, but what would you think about like, this career change. Like you, like he would have no idea that like what the fields that I'm working in are or like how it was impacting my mental health and like all of these things. Like that's just one example that comes to mind. Um, but then I have to also say that through kind of my mental health journey and processing this with my therapist, um, she's kind of noticed and, and I don't, I don't want to say that this is negative or positive. It's just an observation and you can take with it what you will. But that receiving those pages kind of like cracks open the wound a little bit every single time. And so her kind of take on it was like, obviously, I want you to heal, be healed from it. And it's not like they're ever forever forgotten, but you're kind of healing your wound. And the pages might be opening them up a little bit more. So there is a layer of this where like, is it the healthiest to do that? I don't know. Uh, Obviously people can do whatever they want. And I think I've kind of chosen the route of, I don't want to know if there are more, I would like it to come on those days, but there might be a day where I say, this is going to hurt more if there isn't one on, let's say, my wedding day. So let me just rip the bandaid off now and know what is left. Um, And that is something I'm still very much grappling with. And so I'm not fully, like, I haven't fully thought through all of those thoughts yet. Um,
2: First off, thank you, Kath, for sharing. Um, That was, I. I, whenever you started speaking and you started talking about it, I was like, kind of speechless. I was like, how are we going to keep talking about this? Like, what a... There's just so many, so many things like you said, like what a thoughtful gift. Um, how lovely and how cool that your dad worked with your cousin to do it and like trusted her my her like her knowledge to be like when Kathy needs this, like trust her over like maybe her mom or her dad or whoever is like directly related or someone else. Like it's it's very cool that he trusted her judgment call on that. Um, which is yeah, that's that's really great. Um, I have two questions and you kind of just answered one, but I will kind of want to go in the past tense and say, um, one, I was wondering if you ever go back and like read it. Like if you have a bad day, do you go back and look at things or do you kind of like experience it and then kind of be like, okay, next page. And then I was going to ask if you've been waiting for one that hadn't come yet or if you you had or if you were anticipating that. I know you kind of touched on that and you don't have to answer that question right now if you don't want to. But I was just wondering how you manage that expectation because I know that me I would have a hard time being patient but I would also have a hard like I have a very hard time like releasing the the end goal of an expectation
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense in my brain um I would say um to answer your first question is I do go back and I do read a lot of stuff because I feel like I forget and I do like to have that reference and it's Even if I read the same thing over and over again, it's just that reminder, right? And I think that that's really important um, to always just, like, have. And it's a little bit of security in a sense of, like, there is a page, like, that has this written down that you can always kind of go back to when you're feeling a certain type of way. Um, And then in terms of, like, feeling if I was expecting one and I never got one, I think with age, right, as kind of Kelsey said, that like grade school to like college graduation, there's a lot of milestones in there. So it was like almost like I was getting one every other year or every couple of years, like on a consistent basis. And then as with life, like then we enter into a working world and the next big my life milestone, common life milestone is probably marriage and then kids. So like until then I'm not really expecting anything. Um however there have been some unexpected pages, like the travel one I wasn't expecting. Like how would he he wouldn't have known that I was like studying abroad and it wasn't around studying abroad. It was just around where he wanted me to go and what he wanted me to experience. And so I thought like that was an unexpected one. And then just in terms of timing, like I said, I don't know when they stopped and I think by the time college graduation rolled around I was like there aren't probably any more I like conv- had convinced myself and so to receive one then I think again was more it, it was a more emotional day um and yeah so I think the times that I've expected them in the past yes but it's almost like he covered it all in that Time frame, and I'm like, what else did he cover, or is he not covering? So, time will tell if there is anything in the future. But there hasn't been anything like since college graduation that I felt like has needed or warranted a page, I guess.
0: Um, Question about rereading. So also like as time passes and you're rereading, you also have like gained different perspective or life insight or you're older. So have you gained something different by rereading just based on you've gotten older? Yeah, for sure, right? Like
1: there's one about boys (laughs) and him talking about like, um, you know, don't think that this is gonna be like, your future husband and the guy you're like always going to be like the guy you're going to marry like just have some fun go to the movies like enjoy your time blah 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 like this is like teenage stuff right and I'm like I did not follow that like for sure did not follow that (laughs) and now looking back I'm like okay obviously I get what you're saying here um but yeah I think it's interesting like he had such a adult perspective that I think sometimes I'm like as an adult, I, it makes more sense reading this. But when I was a teenager, it was a little tough. Um, but it was almost like the normal teenager, like parent dynamic of like, yeah, all of your parents are going to give that advice, even when you're a teenager. And you're just going to feel what you feel as a teenager. Like, I didn't feel any differently. And so, like, yeah, I, I saw it, but it was still the same reaction of like, but do I think that? No. <laughs> and, but obviously, with years, I've grown. Um, and so, yeah, and, and I haven't taken a look at certain, certain pages, but yeah, just very interesting. And, and another like really crazy example that I'm thinking about is when I started high school, I got one and he talked about his favorite books, uh, like literature and movies that kind of like helped shape him. Um, and he talked about his high school too experience, which I also really appreciated the getting to know like what he went through during that time. Um, anyways, one of his favorite books was Catcher in, the, Catcher in the Rye. And that was literally what we were reading that year in lit, which was like such a just crazy coincidence, such a crazy coincidence. It's um, Like little things like that, that you're just like, damn, this is like, makes you believe in some things, I will say.
0: Did you feel like it was this special little secret between you, him, your therapist and your cousin? I'm Gathering by context clues <laughs> that like no one else in your life really knew about this.
1: There are certain friends that know about this for sure. Um, very limited, and that's it. And um, and my mom.
2: I was gonna say if you if you like let and you don't let anyone like read it or look at it like your mom or anyone or do you keep those like pages and the content of the pages and the pictures like just definitely from, like, between only you? keep
1: it between me. Um, I won't go into the extent of it, but there is a part of me that's like, because this didn't – wasn't left for other people, I feel like it could be a little tough to share that as well. Um, and yeah, like specifically my mom. So I just want to
0: caveat that. Be like sensitive and aware yeah. of that as this yes. is so deeply Very. intimate and I could only imagine. Um, you said you felt a lot of anxiety today knowing you were going to talk about this. How are you feeling now?
1: Um, I feel okay now. Um, it's definitely one of those moments, like I said at the beginning of like, there are certain things that you're just like always, maybe you always like intend to keep private and then one day... You start a podcast and all of a sudden (laughs) all these things become public and you're like, "Hmm, maybe I want to talk about that today. So, uh, yeah, it feels like a release. I hope that somebody out there can take away something from this. That's the intent of me sharing it again. It's not like a bragging anything. I do feel very grateful. I don't know if anyone has gone through the same thing, but I would love to hear your experience if you have. Um, because there are just so many emotions that come up with it. Um, but yeah. So thank you guys for letting me share and I'm definitely done being in the hot seat. So would love <laughs> to pivot the conversation back to you of like, I guess, are there any big life milestones that pop up in your head right after your loss or, um, any memories that just popped into your head kind of fresh after the loss or when you've seen other people, like what are the triggers for you, I guess, in a sense? Mads, do you want to go
0: first or do you want me to go?
2: <laughs> I want you to go because I still am trying to figure out how to talk after that amazing okay. story that we just I know through.
0: a little bit me too, but yeah. I, I'm I, like still go. I go. <laughs> Um Okay. So I have shared before that Right after thinking about wedding, definitely was one of the earlier ones that popped into my mind, and like all the layers of you know, dress shopping and planning, and the person asking your parents for permission, and bridal shower, and you know, walk still walking down the aisle. I know it's not the father daughter dynamic, but still walking down the aisle, still being right there, and it just being like built up, whether it's society's fault or culture, social media today that like the wedding, your wedding is like one of the focal points of your entire life. And it just feels impossible that somebody that close to you would not be there for that. Like that was just so hard and so sad for my brain to wrap around where that's something that like we would have spent so much time together planning, working on like could have gotten in little fights about like there's just so much of like that dynamic that like would have been there that now isn't and just anticipating like how I will try to not try how I will honor her and how I'll have to take some alternative approaches you know whether it's other females in my life and or other female relatives or friends and like let them kind of take on roles that my mom would have taken on. And like, that's one that has really stuck with me. Um, And then yeah, kids and it's like, that's dual. It's like getting advice on how to be a mom. Like there's that side of it that I, that feels like I just have to go off of my memory of my own childhood and how she was. And she like, led by example and just go from that versus conversations that I would have loved to have with her. But then the one that I, you know, shared like with the C's Candy story that really gets me is like the idea that she will not have a relationship with my future kids, at least in the physical sense. Like she will not meet her grandkids. And like that one is a real stab to the heart, I think. Um and Cause that's, you know, a wedding ultimately is a day. And of course you can go into like, they won't have a relationship with my future husband, which is also a dagger, but somehow the future grandkids is a deeper dagger. At least for me, I'm sure everyone feels differently, but that's one that really sticks out. And actually I actually had a really sweet coworker who was probably closer to my mom's age, but lost her mom. And said that she would talk about her mom to her kids so much that when her kids were young, they would ask her like, oh, like what did, you know, what did grandma do with this? Or, oh, look, there's grandma's favorite color. Like the kids just heard about her so much that they didn't super know differently that they like felt connected and would ask about her and talk about her. And I thought that was really sweet that that coworker shared that with me because I felt like inspired, like, Okay. I could do that. Like I could just talk about her so much and like tell so many stories or have objects or pictures. And I'm sure one day we could have a guest on, like there's so many more guests who've lived this, who I would love to talk to, like who've had kids and have gone through that to hear, to hear about that. Um, On like micro, more immediate scales, just like dating someone I'm excited about, like that would be a milestone, like the beginning parts of that when I'm still like figuring it out. And the, the like her saying she would always say with me when she wanted to like hear about my dating life, was she be like, throw me a bone, throw me a bone. And, you know, oftentimes, right, when you have like one-off random dates or like little things, like I wouldn't share that with my parents, like mom or dad, because it's like they don't need to know. They don't need to get attached to that. But the idea that like, there's going to be a time when I'm like, would have been ready to throw her the bone and she, you know, I won't be able to. So those are the things with future milestones that come up like the most immediately. And I'm sure there, obviously there's so many little ones in between, but when you hear milestones, you think of like big things. So I think I'll be challenged and I will make intentional effort to be really creative and thoughtful though with how I honor her and talk about her and have other women in my life supporting me.
2: Mads, how about you? Piggybacking off what you said, Kels, um, I think it's natural when I've mentioned it before about like the relationships and like weddings and like being a part of that seems like something that I feel I've always immediately been pretty bummed about that I wouldn't be able to share. And I think it comes from I have older cousins uh, that are – um, I mean, I've got like like six older cousins like around – and are a little bit older than us but around our same demo that they're married to the partners they were either dating or engaged to or just met like Papa had known all of them. And so I feel like as the, the next down the line who doesn't have a partner, I was always kind of this little thing like feeling like, oh, that's not something that – he'll never know who I end up marrying, um, which was a tough pill to swallow. But one thing that is not necessarily – a future event. But I remember when, and I haven't talked about it in depth, and I probably won't for a while, but when, um, so Papa was sick, and then he got better, and then he passed away. And um, when he was sick, I used to be, he passed away in 2018, September of 2018. And I graduated college in May of 2018. And when he was sick, the year prior in like 2017 and as we were doing it like I just knew I was like oh like I really wanted him to see me graduate and that was a big thing they didn't travel a ton outside to like where where I was like it was a it was a pretty far I mean it was a six hour drive from Chicago. So for them, it was a lot for them in the car. And so it was the first time they were going to come and see my college campus and like see where I was at. And so I remember just like waiting and like really hoping that he would be around for graduation and he was. And so I'm really grateful that he was able to see that. And I remember we were, we had dinner at like Buca de Beppo and he like told me he was proud of me. And I remember I was the first uh my sister's older than me but she hadn't graduated at the time and so I was really 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 proud that I had that I had graduated on time and that everything had worked out and so then I had moved home this summer um I graduated in May and then I moved home in June and then he passed away in September so it was also kind of um a a timeline that was good because I would have had a really hard time if I was At school still by myself so it not a good timeline but if the timeline was going to happen i was glad that it had happened he had seen me graduate we had had like it had been a thing we had had the summer to go to conventions and the to hang out and then um when he had passed away i was able to be up with near my family which was not you know it was less than two hours instead of the six hours it would have been if i was at school so the timing was um worked out fine but it it was it was almost like anticipating that moment, and I'm sure you guys have had fil- feelings of those same moments, having both of your parents have um, dealing with illness, of being like, "I hope they make it to that," and I hope I make it to that. But I remember being a junior, senior in college, and like that would be a little anxiety for me. It was like when he was sick, it was like I was hoping like that future tense of it, and so that's kind of another side of the coin of as we're talking about future and um, future uh, milestones, and as you grow and things. Um, that I remember feeling that anxiety in the moment, and luckily it worked out in my favor then. But um, like I said, I'm sure you guys both have experiences like that. But that was kind of a different, different. Yeah, for it, I for
0: us, and I, I, I've talked about this in other episodes too. It was my sister's college graduation was like approaching as she was getting worse, and like we initially. And, like, she was already – it was, like, COVID still, so she was virtual and home, but she was – they were going to have, like, a small in-person ceremony. And there was the initial talks of, like, okay, we're going to go. And then it was the talks of, okay, mom and dad are going to stay back, but, like, I'll go with her. And, like, we were going to have our other cousins, like, come and surprise Kylie to still try to make her graduation feel special. And then it quickly turned into, like, okay, we're not going And then it turned into literally the day after she passed us watching a virtual University of Oregon graduation on the TV as we were like, so out of it and so exhausted. And is just the feeling of like, that milestone was right there, like right there. And like, obviously, like she knew she was graduating. She was so close, like she knew she was pretty much done. She knew my sister had gotten into, uh, like grad school. So like, like my mom knew, but just to have literally like the next thing that happened was this. Um, and we were just sitting on the couch and we put it on the TV and my sister threw on her cap and gown and tried to take like little pictures of it. Um, and I remember, I'm spacing on the actor's name, but who plays Phil Dunphy on Modern Family. He went to the University of Oregon and he was the commencement speaker. And he actually did a really beautiful job and in a weird way. And we had all watched Modern Family together, like my whole family. That was one of our shows like we would watch. And so in a weird way, it was a little bit comforting. It was a balance of like humor, but sen- being sentimental. And I think we all really appreciated that and just had to make the best of it. And then we said like, we're going to make like a big deal out of her grad school graduation then since she did not have the in-person graduation. And it was still like really sad. And I, I think I spoke about that after that happened. Like I remember I was even really emotional like when she walked across the stage and it was just like, it's one of those glaring, like my mom is not there. But we went to like nice dinners and we did make a point to try to really celebrate that graduation. But yeah, milestones have such a way of like, being like really deep markers of time or to Kathy's point, they can like open wounds a little bit more because they're just such in your face reminders. And with a milestone, like a graduation too, like when you're in person, at least you're surrounded by other people's families. So you're also seeing like other families and their moms. Like it's not just you by yourself. So Yeah, that one ended up being a thread that kind of weaved through our thing that was both like a past, present, and future milestone.
1: So I wanted to uh, touch upon that a little bit of like, kind of, you had talked about earlier other figures in your life. And when you were just talking right now, it reminded me of um, my friend Corey's dad, who has been a pivotal father figure to me, um, as I was growing up. And for example, like he and I did the father daughter dance at my quinceanera, which I forgot to talk about that life milestone, but, um, that feels like a wedding, honestly. And so a lot of that was, um, I feel like I hid behind the planning of it all. Like I wanted to take on the planning even at that age and everything, Um, I learned the dance with him and it was this weird uh, feeling of like, I think I'm like, am I going to cry? Am I going to be super emotional during the dance? Like all of these things. And interestingly enough, I, I did tear up a little bit, but I wasn't that emotional but my friends were an absolute wreck. Like, they could not control themselves, Um, especially, like, his daughter is, like, one of my best friends. Um, and I'm sure, like, so many of the parents or whatever. Um, but I think I was just so nervous about screwing up the dance that I was like, I can't even think about that part of it. Um, <laughs> but I will say, like, I just wanted to kind of give that story of how he's been such an um, important figure and how nice it has been to have those people at these life milestone events and kind of step up to the plate. Like I have thought about teetered with the fact of like, is he somebody that would walk me down the aisle, um, at my wedding, um, and just having him around for like the most important days of my life. Interestingly, and, and kind of funny and not is at my USC graduation. I mean, for anyone that knows the traffic that day in LA is horrendous. So you have to get to campus like well, like hours before like graduation, if you want a parking spot anywhere around like downtown LA or um, to make it on time. And so he and his wife and my friends, so like her mom and her all came down and they were circling campus for like An hour trying to find parking. He ended up dropping them off while he went to go park somewhere, never found a spot and literally had to end up like going home and they are just like going somewhere else. So like he, he ended up missing the graduation. And to this day, like I always, I know he feels so bad about that. And I am like, honestly, you have been there for me through the rest of like my entire life, like, it's okay that you're not there on that day. But like the effort that you made, make it is so special to me. And so I will say that if, you know, you're a part of a family that like, almost like adopts another person into their that into your family, like it is so special to those people who have had that loss. And I think like, especially that first year after loss, if there is a big milestone, kind of making the extra effort to show up at that milestone because yes, that person is not going to forget that their mom, dad, grandpa, whomever isn't there. but it is just nice to have that little bit of extra
0: support. it, it means it means more than you probably know. I think really well said. yeah. And like uh, I know we talk about that, Some episodes we do are lighter, some episodes are heavier, and I think there's an importance for both. I know this episode has been heavier, but I think that's kind of a sweet note to end on of just, like, really how impactful other people in your life can be in, like, making those efforts to show up, to show that they're thinking of you, to honor you, especially on those milestone days um, when the hole's that much more glaring, but just, again, want to say, Kath, how much we love you and appreciate you for sharing that. And I do think that that is really impactful that you shared that. And we do have, you know, a few thousand people listening and hopefully growing. And, you know, there's really good odds that that positively impacted somebody or gave somebody an idea or, you know, so that that was big time. So thank you. We love you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we really do. And we really appreciate Um, it did live up to the hype also. So for you saying it wasn't going to live up to the (laughs) hype, it did live up to the hype. Um, But no, thank you all for listening to this one with us as we delved a little bit deeper. Um, Grief is messy and complicated, and there's a hell of a lot more going on in the grief universe than all of our friends who have not yet experienced grief probably know. Um, But keep listening, sharing, subscribing, following, emailing, all that good stuff. So thank you for listening.
1: Love you both as well and to the whole community as well. Thank you and bye.